Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hurtstown for Anthony Modest. Wolf. Not a bad idea. Welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. Got it that time. That's been a while. How are you doing, man? How's it going? You smell that, Jake? <laughs> smells like opportunity. It's a new year. I'm doing this well. It is a new year, and I, I realized last year, maybe it was the, the heat of we just started the podcast and we got really hyped about everything. We did a full-on like 2022. We've been doing the podcast for like two weeks, and we're like, let's do a full-on year review of everything even like we reviewed stuff before Carver and I even started the podcast and this year I mean we did a, a fun episode with Adam um but I was just thinking it was like oh we kind of went all out and I don't know it's been a crazy year I mean World Cups I'll say World Cup plays in a part of it I'd say that made the mid-season a little different but um we are back hope you guys had a, a Merry Christmas Happy New Year I also thought after our last episode we didn't make any mention of this is our last episode of the year I uh, like hit me like <laughs> Maybe the week at Christmas was like, oh, I was listening to another soccer podcast. We're like, oh, last episode of the year. It's like, oh, we we did that too. And I, we, but hope you enjoyed the last episode of uh, 2022. Now we can make it a big deal. This is our first episode of 2023, mm-hmm. yeah. getting a fresh start. Uh, we got some exciting news. People might still be down in the dumps about Dortmund, and that's okay too. But I don't know. We got some exciting news that I, that's got me hyped. And um, it's basically. Uh, like a new signing. That's how I felt initially. It's like every, everything's, everything's changing from from here on out. So that, that that's how I'm feeling about uh, Carver. How was your Christmas? So how's your Christmas and New Year's? It was pretty fun. Yeah, I I, I missed my flight going to Cleveland to see uh, yeah part of my family, but that was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> other than that, I had a nice time here back in uh, back in St. Louis. What about yeah. you? I Christmas was good. Saw some family, and then right after Christmas, my wife and I drove uh, to Portland, Maine, which was a twenty-hour, twenty, yeah, twenty-one-hour trip there, and then twenty-one hours back, uh, which was crazy. It was a really long road trip, but it was really fun. Um, we basically drove, drove for like ten and a half hours the first day, stopped like just outside of Pittsburgh, um, and then drove the rest of the way to Portland, Maine. Kind of did that on the way back. Uh, it was a really cool trip. I didn't mind driving at all. It was it was fun. And it, the drive didn't seem as bad as what I thought. The only tough part was like ending one day of driving and be like, oh, I got to do this exact same thing tomorrow too. But it, it was fun. It's a good and trip. Also, and also having a pup in the car too, I would imagine adds a little bit of stress maybe now because she'll probably get pretty antsy after a few hours. So, if you if you don't like – if you only follow the – our our page for like Dortmund or the, our Dortmund socials. You don't follow my personal account. My my dog Margo is like my life, and this is why we we were originally going to fly to Portland, Maine, uh, which would have been a much easier trip, much quicker trip. But I was like, I, I want to take our dog, um, and so we literally made made a snap decision to be like, no, nope, we're going to drive. We'll do it twenty one hours, um, and so that she could come and she got to swim in the ocean for the first time. Uh, I mean, this is her first time, like actually jumping in water. We're not like we don't go to lake or like yeah. rivers or anything. She's never really experienced it, and it was awesome. She like loved it, and that just was like a breath, 
literally I'll talk like my talk about my dog like a child. So get used to it. If I haven't done enough already, <laughs> uh, it was like a proud dad moment. It's like, oh my gosh, she's swimming in the ocean. This is the cutest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, no, but she's great in the car. She literally just lays back there and sleeps like the whole time. Doesn't make a sound. And I, okay. we've gone on big trips. Like if we drive back to Kansas, where I'm from originally, that's like a seven hour drive. She always does fine. I thought this would definitely be like maybe it'd get a little crazier or she'd like whine a bit, but she literally just sits back there and sleeps. She's she's perfect. But uh, that's enough about my dog. <laughs> we can we can move on to uh, start talking Dortmund because a lot is a lot going on. As I mentioned, we should probably start with the update about Alaire if you want to start us off. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, new year, new opportunity and and big, big news as well for Sebastian Hilaire. So, um, I'm imagining everyone has seen that he had his second surgery on, I believe it was November 24th or 25th, depending on whenever he made the post about it, but it went very well. And I mean, he's been pretty private about a lot of this stuff so far since his diagnosis, which obviously understandable, but the second surgery went really well. And for the past three and a half weeks or so, he's been doing tests with the medical team and getting back into the swing things at Dortmund at the club. Um, it's a very slow, gradual process. But I mean, huge news. I, again, I don't think really anyone was thinking he was going to even be in the training facility uh, in the next like, what, eight, 10 months minimum. And that depends on if even if things are going extraordinarily well. But the man is just a complete superhero. I mean, he kicked this thing's ass and he's putting himself in a position to try to get, you know, back to full fitness as soon as he can. I mean, he made the post whenever he came out of this second surgery saying this year starts or this, this calendar year, excuse me, said this year starts very well for me because it's synonymous with returning to the field. And that's his words. I know the club made it explicitly clear that they're not trying to make him do anything at the moment. They're not trying to rush him. Whatever kind of support he needs, they can give it to him. But he's wanting to, you know, try to get back to fitness and actually try to contribute to the team now on the field, yeah. of course. I think um, initially when everything happened, we, we thought maybe March is kind of what was reported. Um, but you, you took all that with who knows what's going to happen. Who knows if he's ever going to make a return. March was very hopeful. So, the fact that he's back training, um, even – uh, I know like a couple of report or there was a tweet or a report that came out um, after seeing that post that him and the club made about him back in training. Uh, he's, he'd also been training before Christmas. Yeah. Like yeah, you said, that, that surgery ago. was, that surgery was late November. So that's and obviously like I, the benefit of the professional athlete is like you have the, the one they're helping provide for like the best doctors he needs in, in the mm -hmm. doctor sense. Um, but then also he's got a great, it's like, therapy rehab with mm -hmm. the accessibility of the club and everything. So Correct, it's like, yeah. I'm sure when he was training before Christmas, it wasn't anything crazy, but just like get moving and everything. And I think there was also something that was out that like, he was very adamant about like actually training with the ball and getting that back immediately too. Not just, not just strength, but like that touch and kind of kick in that muscle memory and, and get that going, which is, it, it's all really good and exciting signs. And, um, we, we still don't know like how quickly he might hit the ground running as far as like full fitness. Like, is he going to be able to play a full game? We don't really know, but it, it's exciting nonetheless. And as I said, I, I'm like seeing the post specifically with how happy he looks and obviously he's going to be motivated and encouraged to move forward. But as I mentioned, it's like a new signing because I don't know. We just, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm he just, hasn't played I, any minutes. No, he hasn't played any minutes and we don't know how, how, how it's going to embed in, but it is very exciting. And I'm, 
I don't know. It, it's like we, it's like when we signed him in the summer, but now it looks like we're going to see him play a little bit. <laughs> but just in the sense of just like a human being too, of just him getting back to full health. I mean, you can have access to the best resources in the world, of course, and we're glad that he did. But you know, it's still incredibly tough to go through something like that, uh, regardless of who you are and what you or what resources you do have access to. And uh, he's very proud of himself, and of course, everyone around him is very proud of him for pulling through and and, and doing so well in this process. Um, I know he's mentioned it a handful of times on his social media, Hilaire himself, and, and Kel had a quote saying, his return is very positive for everyone. We gave him the best possible support we could at the club, and he did very well in his own right. And uh, you have to be proud of that. And, and again, he's he's pushing himself, um, but through no fault of anyone's. You know, he, he's, wanting to, uh, he's choosing to put himself through this stuff. And yeah. as for a time frame, it seemed unrealistic, but now we're seeing reports in recent weeks from, or recent days, excuse me, from this Southern German newspaper that said, you know, he, him being fully fit for Augsburg is not completely ruled out, which I was just telling Jake before we started recording, which just blew my mind. Um, I, my best guess was hoping to see maybe towards the end of the season, he gets a handful in his, of, of minutes and just kind of eased in and going into the next season. But if we're talking already this early, that is, it's incredible. And I, I just—I was imagining as you were talking about that, I was imagining the moment, like let's say the moment he comes back. Augsburg is away, isn't it? No, it's back home. It's, is it home? Oh, okay. okay. I know. This could be huge. <laughs> I'm like, I'm because I'm imagining it already. Like, yeah, maybe he doesn't start. Maybe he doesn't play like a full half. But like, mm-hmm. you, you bring him on in like the last twenty minutes or something. Like, just imagine the reception. Like he's gonna get inside the stadium and from the team. Like that, that's gotta be say he's announced i'm getting way too ahead of myself because i'm like it feels like christmas eve again this is great um <laughs> but imagine like if he's named on the bench mm-hmm. back at home like what what is that lift going to be for the team and for everyone in the in the park you know what i mean it's just gonna be nuts yeah and and we're already feeling the lift I and mean, he's been so positive it seems like throughout this whole process too and uh we're just we're happy to have him back yeah everyone is very happy and hopefully we can see him bang in some goals soon very soon yeah, I so going through. I know we had some Twitter questions. I'm not addressing all those right now, but there mm-hmm. were some about Haller. So I think we should maybe give our opinion or, or thoughts, or I guess expectations, because I don't. People are asking. We had a couple questions about how do you see him coming into the team, and what does that mean for Modest and and uh, Makoko? I mean, at this point, like we said, everything is up in the air. I was and just we about can't, to say that we can't just expect him to be. The Allaire that played at Ajax. Um, and, and not to mention, too, just Modest, is he going to, he's returning from uh, his injury and is back to be full fitness, but is he going to have any sort of form that's worth trying to get him more minutes? Because we have so many crucial games, especially with the hole that we dug ourselves in going into the second half of the season. And then on top of that, with the uncertainty of Mukogo, too. I mean, either way, Mukogo is going to give 100% for these next six months, but. Um, Everything else, yeah, very up in the air. It's just um, right now for Hilaire, just strictly, you know, getting him back to full health regardless of football or playing football yeah. or not. And then, you know, if he, it seems like if he's getting there faster than people anticipated, then you can obviously start to throw him back in a little bit here and there. Um, but he's going to give a lot of what Modest gives, but obviously a lot more talented of a player overall. He's a lot more gifted with his feet. Um, I'm imagining plenty of our listeners has seen him uh showcase that and the numerous competitions that he's been involved in over the course of his career. So uh, everything you could expect, I guess, from a combination of maybe Modest and Mukoko. 
Yeah, I think we're kind of where we're at and what your expectations should be is like play as if Mukoko's starting because I kind of forgot Modest, so much is going on. I forgot Modest uh, had that surgery too. So <laughs> I would just keep the thoughts in your mind like Mukoko's our starter. Um, and we'll, we'll like probably talk about it more like depending on what we see um, with with Augsburg or, or later. It's like I, the, all the hot air stuff is like you just kind of – you can't really count on him yet because it's it's such a mystery. Like, yeah, we can be hopeful, but I, from a sporting and tactical perspective, I don't think we're, we're there yet to even think or consider like how he might embed in yet. It, it's just, it's going to be a matter of slowly um, giving him some playing time and yeah, and going from there really. But and, and there's a lot of other players that we're looking to bring back to that are looking or that are pretty much back to uh, full fitness again, including, I mean, Tom Rota, JBG, Dahoud, Wolf, uh, Royce has been back these past few weeks as well. I mean, the list goes on and on. So finally, Terry's is going to have a full squad or a close to full squad at his disposal, which, I mean, regardless of coach, we haven't really seen at this club in the last like almost two years now. So <laughs> yeah, um, knock on wood. I'm going to knock on my desk yeah, right now. <laughs> they come back and they, they stay healthy. Was I, Did I see a photo of Dahoud training too? Yes, he was yes, like he sneaking did. in there in the in the background. I think the, there was like a post all about Jude Bellingham, um, but Tahoud was kind of in the background. I was like, oh man! I, and I like even you listen off all those names. Like I forget about <laughs> JBG, and he was like the player I was looking forward to most at the beginning of the season. I think besides Hilaire, uh, but just from what we had seen from him before, mm-hmm. um, he was who I was looking forward to most. And I thought he put in some good performances. Um, and so the fact that he's coming back, and it's like we're actually going to have again, knock on wood, our depth uh, in the attacking areas and, and the options. And uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. And I think just looking forward to what all the, all the players coming back and hopefully we can be healthy the second half of the season. Like that's where I'm going to put my optimism. We also had some Twitter questions about that. Like what, what do we see? And maybe we'll, we'll dive into that a little more. Um, whether it's this episode or we'll do another preview episode, maybe before Augsburg, when we have a little more details, we might be able to do one again. This is, I'm like asking Carver as I'm saying this right now. I'm saying yes, actually I do want to preview Augsburg. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, so maybe we'll have a lot more info in that, but, uh, like my broad sense of the second half of the season, and maybe this makes me an idiot, but I think this just makes me a Dortmund fan as I'm optimistic, uh, with everything we have coming back and how we can move forward. Cause we, we, I would say early on, we, I feel like we saw good signs, although it wasn't like the attacking prowess that we wanted um, when it came to uh, the defensive performances. We're, we're hanging on. Like we were getting those 1-0 wins, as I mentioned a lot before. And, and then towards the second half, of the first part, second half of the first part of the season, kind of went downhill. But also, where was our depth? And we said that week after week was like, we had no depth. Like we, we didn't have anyone. Like our bench was non-existent for the most part. Yeah, but um, it's not just depth. I mean, as like we talked about with Adam in our mid-season review, they, our listeners agreed with us in thinking that there was multiple factors that you know contribute to us having the lowest scoring season in the first half, or at least the first fifteen games in the last like nine seasons. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's yeah a handful of contributors for that, and. Going back to the focal point of the attack that you were mentioning, um, obviously that's still up in the air with not only Haller, but I want to talk about Mukoko for a second as well. It's been a long and frustrating process for going back January of 2022, actually, 
this is whenever kind of it started to cook a little bit of wondering where Mukoko was going to end up in the next few years or so. Um, you know, first Mukoko was unsure about his role at the club or his future role at the club, uh, especially with the sign where it was before it was with Holland. And then whenever Holland left, we signed Hilaire and rightfully so Mukoko would, you know, he's the, he's a man that deserves minutes on the field to develop into the talent that we all know he can be. And he was unsure of his role at the club. And after the Hilaire diagnosis, he finally got started getting minutes and then he proved himself worthy of the starting role over Modeste in the absence of Hilaire. And then he started to play the field a bit in terms of, you know, keeping an open mind for other clubs around Europe, since he's clearly very, very talented and he's proving himself already uh, this high of a division at his age. And then now with incoming his agent, Patrick Williams, which like I was saying back forward in January, 2022, this is reported by the sun. Patrick Williams said he hardly gets the playing time he needs at the current stage of his career at Dortmund. So of course we're thinking about what's best for the future. And that was obviously a year ago. And now that he's got his minutes and he's starting to prove himself a bit, we're not really sure what we're trying to pay him at the moment. The board is kind of going back and forth. Uh, so, but before we get into that, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Jake. It is, I mean, it is when you, when you think of, I mean, first he was putting up with Holland or being behind Holland. Um, and then we bring in Holler and obviously everyone was hyped and, and talking about Holler. And when you think of like what that, like mental, like where he might be at mentally when he's probably thinking maybe Holland's going and he's like, this gives me more of a chance, more of an opportunity. And of course they bring in another striker, which you can't fault the club either because you're losing one striker. You need to bring another one in. And then with the diagnosis, Modest comes in. Um, and I'm sure the whole time it has been tough for him thinking like, well, why, why don't they just trust me? Why don't they give me the chance? But it's like, you, you still need two strikers. You still need, and it's and signing one isn't necessarily saying he's the backup, but it kind of is with, with where he was coming from. And so, I mean, I, I kind of feel and understand where he might be at in that sense. And it might be just hard, like a hard pill to swallow, but at the same time, and maybe it's something he needs to learn and realize. And I, I even feel bad saying it in that sense, but it's like, he is so young. He's got to work his way up and yeah, he's proved himself, but he's got to do that for a full season. Um, and I, I've talked a lot about I've, I've praised him a lot, and I think he's he's obviously been our best striker. And anything I'm saying, I'm not trying to belittle, belittle him or or put him down, but just think when you you look at football and how players can like have go up and down, and in this like it, it's just it's it's a fight, like it's a battle just to have your spot. Like nothing is guaranteed. And I think he if he just like I know we obviously want to sign him and have him here. But I understand the difficulty for him thinking what's best for him. Um, and, and being in a place where he's like, well, I don't necessarily want to wait. Um, which in reality, that's probably w- what is best for him. And what he needs to do is like continue to prove it for this year. And it's frustrating because we want this deal done, right? We want to lock him in and keep him here. Um, but I also understand maybe his hesitation. Yeah. I, I was going to say he's young, but the man is mature for his age and he knows that football is a business at the end of the day. I mean, you can quote me on that. He he said that in a quote a little, I think it was a little over a year ago, if I'm not wrong, or a little under a year. Um, and he, he knows that football is, is, is cruel and you need to, you know, try to earn your winnings whenever you can and uh, support yourself, support your family. I get it. And at the moment I, he is asking for a lot. Uh, I will first of all back up to give a little bit more context. So initially I think he, he was offering or asking a little bit more than what we were wanting to give him. 
So reports were saying we actually gave him that and he rejected it. And that's whenever I guess a little bit more uh, controversy kind of started to spread because his agent was like, he, he said a quote, I can confirm that we are not about to conclude a contract with, the, uh, with Borussia Dortmund. And I can also assure you that the numbers that are circulating are simply not correct. And Mukoko was never offered that much, but we are still in contact with Dortmund and we'll see what these next few days bring. That was a few weeks ago. And I think there was another meeting just recently, if I'm not wrong, right at the start of the year. And that's whenever it sounded like Kale is giving a Yusufa a ultimatum and saying, look, we can give you, I think it's around 6 million or so, but any more than that or around that, uh, it's going to break our wage structure of the club. And that's just not how we run things around here. And I think Mokoko, at least according to speculation and these news outlets are saying he was demanding upwards of a performance-based contract of upwards of 10 million. So starting at six or so there's a base seller, but it can earn up to 10. And I mean, that's a lot. It is. But you're also investing in a serious talent. Uh, if, if he's as good as the club thinks he's been with, you know, he's been at our youth academy since he was before, even younger than age 12. Uh, and he's and he's been putting up the numbers ever since. You know, you got to ask yourself, are we a serious club? And if we want to compete, we have to put in serious money into these players. And that's why I can kind of get torn back and forth and see you know, Mokoko wants this money and, and, you know, we need to invest if we want to be a serious club. But at the same time, if, if it's, if it's a business where it can't break the structure of how we run things, then like you were saying, yeah, it might just be a tough pill to swallow and we're going to have to invest with Hilaire and then a backup moving forward. The, the frustrating thing is at Hilaire's age, like it, it's almost like the perfect, like this is the perfect setup. Like say Hilaire comes back, starts playing, maybe not this season, but like next year, he's finally good to go. I mean, we could get that this season. Who knows? But say healthy, Hilaire is back, and he gives us a few more years. Like that's a that's a. I understand that's a long time for Mukoko to wait. But the trade off, or not the trade off, but the the handoff from Hilaire to Mukoko could be perfect timing wise. Um, I I really don't think it could be any perfect, any more perfect, I guess, than him getting the hand right now. Not the saying with you know Hilaire being pushed out, but just the sense that Mukoko seems like he's ready to compete at least at the level at, of the Bundesliga. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's done it a handful of times in Champions League as well. So I, I really don't blame him at all if he doesn't want to wait four years. I mean, that's that's a long time in football, especially whenever your career can plummet like that. I mean, it's it's like a yeah. stock. No, it is, it is a really long time. Do you, I guess, do you see a, a system or us operating where we have both? Like a two-striker <laughs> system or is, like, is that an option? Oh. Like what what is his his option at Dortmund if it's, I don't know. If, if, is it beating out Haller for the a, a top spot, uh, or is it them playing in tandem? Um, is it them splitting time almost fifty fifty? Like, wh- what do you see working out best for him at Dortmund? I'm curious. And most to realistically, see, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious to see myself. I, I'm not sure which way Terzic wants to line up, especially because he hasn't really ever used, I guess, those two in that system. So he doesn't know how efficient it's going to be, and let alone he's not going to be able to even use that at least for another few weeks. I'm, I'm personally not buying that Hilaire will be back for Augsburg, but you know, maybe in the coming month or so, who knows? Um, so if, if that, if that all comes together, I guess, and they're both fully ready to go, uh, you could go a few different ways with it. Of course, it just, I guess it just depends on the game at that point of how much you're looking to attack. And um, obviously it adds a lot of versatility to your front two or front three. 
As I'm really thinking about this a lot more, uh, I'm like, this is such a frustrating situation because <laughs> I think for for all parties, because the I wish he already had like a year on his contract. I wish it wasn't ha- had to. I wish it didn't have to be decided now. And obviously, that's the issue because it's like he needs to perform almost like the rest of the year. And I think he's got time because I don't. I think the Allaire is going to be. It's he's not going to come in starting immediately. There's no mm-hmm. way. Um, and so Mokoko has time to prove himself. At the same time, we want to get the deal done. We want to lock him in. Um, but it's like we need this time to also, I guess, make sure that we we need to pay him as much as he's wanting and, and everything. Like, it, I just, it's it's frustrating, and I just want him to stay. <laughs> well, us too, but he, he wants a starting spot. It sounds like that's the number one priority of his is he wants a role in a, in a club that he values and he can get regular minutes as a starter at. And... You know, the, the rumors that have popped up so far, if Fabrizio Romano reported, I guess Barcelona and Chelsea are either going to set up talks or already have set up talks with him. And it's like, that man doesn't really get a starting role at either of those clubs. Certainly not Barcelona no. with Lewandowski. And Chelsea have Havertz. They just uh, bought Fofana, young another young striker. And if they wanted to have depth, I mean, that you can go back, of course, he's a little problematic, but you still have Aubameyang on top of that. I mean, Chelsea have depth. So I feel like if Mukoko's smart, he's not looking at either of those clubs and saying, yeah, I'm going to get way more time out there than I am here. You know, I mean, right now, at the very least, I have a guaranteed starting spot for the next like two months, probably. Yeah, I, I, I said this, I think I said this at the end of last year, but I still think like a loan move would be great. Mukoko? I mean, if this, if he wants spring? to play, not no, not this spring, no. Oh, no, no. but like if we were to sign him and then like could send him on loan, but at the same time we still need him like as a backup, or we need we yeah, need of course multiple strikers. And he, would, he wouldn't sign if just to go out and loan either. I think the man is ready to be at a club that he can actually implement himself at. You know, well that's the thing. Does he want to sign for Chelsea and Barcelona and not start and because become part of the loan army at Chelsea? Maybe. I mean, I don't. That's what. Yeah, I, that's the first, I don't know. It's all frustrating. Uh, and I, I don't know, like, I, where could he go that he's going to flat out be like the starter? Another Bundesliga club, probably. Or, but, but if, he goes, if he goes to Premier League, if he wants to go to the Premier League, is he going to start? I don't think so. And, Unless and it's Premier, like Southampton you, or, or something you, like, no, there, like there that. No, there are plenty of, I think there are plenty of clubs in, in the Premier League that could pl- use him as a striker, just... Mm, I mean, Manchester United for sure. Uh, but Chelsea is just not one of those clubs at the moment. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any more to say except it's a, it's a lot. And keep, you them, know, give them the money. People are saying, people are wondering what the expectations are for this transfer window and hot take. I would rather us get our business with the extensions done now rather than toy around with players like Mukoko while we dip into the transfer market, maybe get someone on deadline day. That's like turns into like another Schultz or something like that. Personally. And we have, let me go back. I think we have eight. Yeah. We have eight players whose contracts run out this summer. Most of them are starters. And most of them, uh, or the other ones that aren't starters, are also a regular part of this team. I mean, we still need Royce to figure out. I imagine Royce will probably extend no problem, at least for another year or two. But you have DeHood, and we still got to figure out the the situation with Jude. Of course, we'd like to keep him, but we need to negotiate with him regardless. I did see something about Jude and meetings. They're going to have meetings with him to kind of hash out expectations and 
over the next, I don't know when, but just kind of figure some things out, have, have some talks and meetings with him. Exactly. Yeah. And then we got to be thinking of our plans for the future too, in the summer of, you know, if, is, is Hilaire going to be that guy, I guess, if, and, and, and be a player that's going to be a, I guess we're not too worried about his health outside of these next few months. If he continues to prove himself, um, we're still looking for a true winger. We have players coming back on loan like Canelf who could maybe fit into that role. So there's, there's a lot of business to be done still, whether or not we sign anyone. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect us to sit. You're talking January, right? I don't think we're ex- going to sign anyone in January. Correct. Correct. And I, and I think Kale and Vatska have said, or Terzik and uh, Kale have said that we're not going to be signing pretty much anyone this window. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully we can do some business in the summer, at least. Um, on that though, do you want to jump into some Twitter questions that we had specifically about yeah. <laughs> transfers and stuff? Sure. So we've already touched on a handful of these questions from our Twitter and Instagram. Thank you as always for participating in that, uh, whether in this episode or in past ones, but I'll, I'll touch on another few right uh, here. First one from Pius or at Pius on Twitter asking about, uh, would you prefer Sosa over Benzabaini? Um, and if so, would you think we should keep Rafa as a key player? So we touched on Benzabaini last episode with Adam. And of course, Benzabaini is, I mean, he's ranked in the 99th percentile in a handful of things uh, on the defensive aspects of his game or side of his game. So he's going to be a lot less of a reliability compared to Guerrero. So, I mean, I've, of course, we've been needing to invest in fullbacks for a long time now. Um, he ranks in the 99th percentile for clearances, aerials one, and then the 90th percentile for blocks. So if you compare that to Guerrero or Sosa, who's another attacking fullback, like a left wing back or even left mid, um, I would personally rather try to build a little bit more stability at the back and go with Ben Zabaini. But if you want to hear more in depth of that, we did a lot. We touched on him a lot last episode. I think my my main point... <laughs> Was that he scored more goals than I think our top goal scorer? <laughs> yeah. So bring him, bring him in. If he's a little more defensively sound and scoring scoring in goals, then cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'd, and I think with him, like he does give you. He's a little older, so he gives a little bit of experience, a little more experience, I guess. Um, but then we're also like, isn't the plan to develop Rota? Like we have him that hopefully, um, and we've all already seen him get some action. Um, and so hopefully, like if we can get in another kind of experienced guy who still has mm-hmm. some a g- experience with some youth on his side. Like he's still got a few years to go, hopefully. Um, and this is all, of course, if we're signing him, then if Rota can come in and learn behind him. Cause I think we talked about Guerrero last week. Adam talked mm-hmm. about Guerrero a lot. Like just we're, I just don't think that's the answer for to, if we're signing Ben Zabiani, then we don't need to keep Guerrero. I don't really see that happening. Yeah. It's like, what would be the point of it? So I think that that is coming to an end. Um, sadly, uh, but I think again, football's ruthless. Like we talked about that, like with Makoko, like it's ruthless yeah. and you gotta, you gotta do the business to be successful. And I think that's probably the, the move. Next one we have from 50 plus Donner who asks, what are your expectations realistically for the second half of the season? Um, well, I already mentioned Terzik having a full and healthy squad for once. So hoping to gain some momentum with people coming back, um, get some rotations going, uh, you could try different things, of course, but I think out of what I'm really hoping, I guess, out of this the past few weeks or month with the World Cup, I'm hoping Terzik took the time to look at uh, or address his shortcomings that we discussed on the show before. So, I mean, I'm hopefully he's looking at game film, get, looking at better ways to get our attack to work as a unit. 
how to set up Modest for success if we're planning on using him at all. Um, so we're not just relying on an 18-year-old constantly. We've only scored 15 goals this season, and that is the lowest that we've had compared to the last nine seasons. So obviously losing Holland has been a bit of an adjustment. Um, so again, getting our attack to click a little bit more, I'm, I'm expecting to see uh, Terzic's game management be a little bit better as well, controlling the tempo of games. Uh, improving our buildup so we aren't just having 75% possession and still being utterly humiliated at the end of the day. Um, uh, we, Of course, we have a new assistant manager, Armin Reutershan. Uh, so I'm hoping they can build some sort of relationship, get some new ideas flowing. Uh, we have two friendlies before Augsburg on the 22nd. So Terzic really just taking this month off and using it as an opportunity to really improve on the squad that has been uh building over the past month or so with everyone coming back that's what i'm hoping to see and we can compete obviously in the pokal go far for that climb back up the table and i think beat chelsea so that's yeah. my expectations for the second half of the season i did i kind of started on this a little earlier when i just talked about my optimism for the second half of the season and a lot of that is relying on uh we have players coming back but like yeah terzic has got to he's, he's got to put it together and what we've seen in the first half of the season wasn't all great, um, especially when it looked like our attacking football and what we were trying to do with that just kind of wasn't there. Um, and I I don't know if I'm like, I am optimistic, I guess, with the players we have coming back, but as far as like his tactics, like I'm just, I'm still a little skeptical, I guess. Um, and I don't have as much optimism with him just from, what we saw. I don't know if that makes sense for me to be optimistic about the players and then down on him using his tactics. But like, I think it was so kind of sporadic and maybe it, it was down to like the player choice and talked a lot about that with Marco Rosa. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I think for him, it's like, it just needs to be proven. And that's why I don't have, like, I can't be as optimistic because um, it, it, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I really, I still, I guess I worry like how are we going to line up when we go into the games and like, who is our starting 11 and, and why why did you choose this 11 or that it's like i don't know if i'm like i don't i just don't have that confidence yet and i i think i did before um but that was like when this before the season started and that's riding a lot of hype and hope as like the dortmund boy leading us to success and then from what we saw in the first half of the season it's like i now i question it a lot more um that's but where did- i'm at I, <laughs> I mean, Terzic deserves time and and of course yeah. he deserves time with the with again with a full squad and um I think I think he can definitely improve a lot. I mean, I think he's a little bit more uh, intelligent than people give him credit for, but he's also, you know, if you look at his strengths of getting this team to click and and work for each other and work hard, I think we can get a pretty solid second half of the season and, and land us in a decent spot. And, you know, this is a project that we've been investing in or the club has been investing in to, to build in. And you can't expect Terzic to win a bunch of stuff in this first season, so... Yeah, which I will reiterate. I was always, I think beforehand and when the season started and halfway through the season, maybe last last time we did an episode with Adam, I think I talked about like the project and like a project mm-hmm. manager and building with Terzic. Like I'd much rather them keep Terzic than fire him and bring someone else in. Like I, if we're going to back him, let's do it and let's, let's give him the time, uh, which I'm still very much behind. And that's what I want. I'm not saying with everything I just said, I'm not saying fire Terzic. I don't think mm-hmm. he's good enough. Um, I'm just not as like, I don't think I'm as optimistic as I was before the season started um, because 
he's I think he's still got a lot to learn and and that has to be proven to me that he's like on the right path um which is why it's great that we have a second half of the season hopefully he he starts to do a little more progressing so so we'll see but I'm I'm optimistic overall I'm just slightly hesitant yeah and that's and that's fair honestly I mean there's been very little to be given hope about outside of what we just mentioned so far so um we'll do one more here this is actually from our from our boy Brian who asks which player uh, needs to improve the most in the second half of the season? Um, there's a few names that instantly jump out at you. I mean, of course, you have Malin. Uh, obviously, rumors in the past few weeks have been speculating about him maybe doing a return loan at PSV, but I think the clubs came out and denied that. You have Adeyemi, who hasn't really done much so far since he's arrived at the club. Um, I mean, Guerrero's had a really big stinker of the season, too. Schlotterbeck started out really well, but kind of has faded a bit. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident Schlotterbeck can pick that back up. Uh, there's a lot more than anticipated, I guess, but I just kept going. And you can still probably keep going, but any thoughts for you? Well, it's bad. I think this proves it, that my thought, I didn't immediately think Mullen because I just wasn't thinking about him at all But that because that's how quiet he's been. Um, so Mullen for sure. And I, I, I go to Modest. Um, I was going to say Modest next, yep. But I, I think part of that is like tactics too. Like were we actually playing to and including him in the play like was that the idea and the mindset like the whole team was playing with was like feeding playing playing for like with modest in mind uh stylistically and everything but again that's that's still we need to see him more banging in more goals so that um but also he how long has he been fighting this injury and playing injured or with like a sore back every game like game after game i don't really know mm-hmm. uh, but i i'll still put him up there but yeah malin um Adeyemi, I'll say Adeyemi, but that's just purely because like we need, like the team desperately needs it. But I, I mentioned him before as far as like developing, like he's still, I think he, he's got a cushion. Like he's still got some time to develop and grow into the league. Um, but yeah, if he can step it up, then that'd be great too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, aside from those five or six or so, I, I would agree too. I think Malin has probably got to be at the top of my list we maybe we'll answer this question in our next episode maybe we, we do a little more of a second half of the season prediction just because we were getting a lot of questions of it but do you think we will finish top four yes i think we'll i think we'll finish i'm hoping we'll finish third but i think a more realistic for answer is probably fourth yeah i think we can get back in the top four too as much as i might have been I feel like I've been both up and down in this episode. It's been weird. Like I've been, I started really, really optimistic uh, coming from like the last episode we did when I was so sad. And I was like, started this episode very optimistic. And is it, th- this is like, this is what happens, right? Like I you mean, start to, it's because I haven't thought about it in so long. I've, been, mm-hmm. I've taken a big old mental break from Dortmund stuff. And I mean, kind of soccer in general outside of my job, but I haven't worked kind of been off work like since Christmas. So <laughs> I haven't really been thinking about that much either. So I've just been like cruising, hanging out at the cold beach in Portland, Maine, not thinking about anything. I'm like, oh yeah, I like I forgot how bad it was. And then mm-hmm. throughout the episode, I'm like, oh, I'm getting sad again. <laughs> uh, it, the hot air news has completely lifted me, honestly, in the last like 24 that's what, hours. <laughs> that's what got me si- so hyped, yeah. honestly, for this episode. Yeah. So that is exciting. Uh, I mean, you got anything else? Any more Twitter questions? Is that kind of it? I, it's I know whole, we answered a bunch throughout, he, but... 
Yeah, just one thing before we get out of here. I, I, and I know it's a whole can of worms, so I won't have to go too much into it. But we can <laughs> oh. touch on the we can touch on the geo wow. thing. Yeah, we did it. We even said like, yeah, maybe we'll we'll touch on it, and then we just did it. We the, kinda... the, cons- the conspiracy theorists are correct again. Who would have? I mean, I guess a lot of people thought, but who would have actually thought that it would have been the Reynas? But anyway, uh, if you're unaware, so of course Geo didn't play too much in the World Cup um, for re- a bunch of different reasons. I guess some that aren't too crystal clear still. Um, and then just as of recently, Greg Berhalter made a bunch of social media accounts just to post a statement about some things that happened, domestic violence, things that happened in the in the past of his. And it turned out that Geo Reyna's parents or specifically mother released that information to the u.s soccer federation so now that is all public knowledge and it's been a complete dumpster fire of information uh, of course you feel for uh, originally greg berhalter's uh, now wife uh, having to relive all that kind of things and, and having this you know information resurface uh and then you, and then you have geo i don't know how involved he was either so it's just it, it's been pretty much bad for everyone. Yeah, and I'm kind of I've been th- it's like I'm trying to think how I want to. It's like if I say too much, I'm going to just get into all of it, which doesn't need to be said. But I think well, what do I want to open up here? It's it's all nuts. It's 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 like someone put it out there like this is what a great introduction for people to U.S. soccer. It's the Kardashians, basically. It's like that's yeah. what the drama we're living in, and it's really sad. Um, and I, before even all this, what I had said about the World Cup situation with Gio, it's like I hope it doesn't affect him too much um, as as far as like a young player and still – I just don't want it to still – you throw all this on top of it too. This seems like more drama with Greg and Gio's parents, which is also said that they like they've all – like they've known each other forever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they played the, – like Greg and uh, Gio's dad played on the World Cup team together. Um, his his mom and Greg's wife played soccer together in college. Like they've known each other forever. And it's sad that if like a family who has grown up together, like if this like destroys that relationship is really sad. Um, and it's, it's just dumb for us soccer it's, to have to deal with this. And I, yeah. I also don't want it to affect or tarnish like geo in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't know how warranted it, it. Like I don't, I still don't think like, Geo would des- deserve that because it seems like it's all drama from his parents, kind of. And I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to like belittle anything or say like they're starting this drama. Like I, I'm not trying to feed into like it's yeah. a sl- drama slap fight, but it's nuts. It's nuts. It, it it really is. It's 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 a complete dumpster fire. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. Sorry to throw a wrench into the show. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing today and, and it's just blown up everywhere. And uh, just it, what, what a great way to just get, get us ready for the world cup in, <laughs> in the USA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or even just, just us uh, soccer going forward too. just now we're looking yeah. at these January camps and it's like, Oh God. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't like, they just go their separate ways and, I don't know. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to be interesting to see how it continues to play out. Not that yeah. I don't know if we'll, how much coverage we'll do for it. Again, we're, we try to keep this simple. But uh, yeah, I think that, that's all we got for now. I hope I hope Geo just comes kicking in the second half of the season. He scores a ton of goals. That'd be Me great. Too. I'm still going to be cheering for Geo. I hope he's very successful. He's still one of my 
favorite players. Um, and I just hope this doesn't affect any of that. <laughs> Unless we find out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Uh, anyways, hey, thanks so much for, for hanging out and listening uh, right at 45 minutes. Uh, so we're a little shorter. No, this is right on time pretty much. Uh, maybe a little short, but we really appreciate hanging out and listening, especially uh, in this weird kind of off-season, mid-season with World Cup going on and everything. We appreciate everyone sticking around just to put out any any thoughts of doubt. As soon as the season starts, we will be back on once a week uh, at like minimum uh, doing the episodes back to our normal schedule when there's games we're going to talk about them on a regular basis I know it's been weird it's been nice having a little break too for our sakes and our mental st- strength I don't, mental I don't know we'll, we'll <laughs> our mental lapses as I'm, well I'm fried already yeah. <laughs> we haven't even started yet and I'm already fried yeah <laughs> we'll definitely be back in the next few weeks for a preview for Augsburg because I'd love to talk about that fixture yeah, but in the meantime, you can still, um, I mean, as we get news too, um, whether it's transfer news, because we are in the transfer window, we didn't hit on that too much because we don't think we're going to really do any business. But as we get news, Dortmund related, maybe Geo related, if it's not too crazy, um, we're obviously tweeting and talking about that on our Twitter, Instagram. So make sure you're following us at the BVB pod. You can reach out on email if you have like a big message to send us. I don't know what there's to say. Maybe you want to give us some takes or anything or just say nice. If you want to say nice things, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star review, leave a nice comment. If you don't have nice things to say, that's where you email us actually. And then um, also give us a a rating on Spotify if you haven't done that yet um, because it's been really cool seeing those numbers go up, which people are still giving us good ratings, which is awesome, which means we're getting more listeners. So that's great. So if you're new, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for following along. Link to everything you might need is in the description of this episode. And I've been rambling too much. Uh, That's what I do when we're trying to end it. And I'm like, we're talking too long. And then I just talk forever. So I'm going to say goodbye. Carver, it's always fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) See you guys later.